The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Every time a missile misses its target, a train derails, or a faulty airbag fails to save a life, we wonder whether these failures, which can sometimes reach catastrophic proportions, are caused by a counterfeit part that may have infiltrated the supply chain. Welcome to People to People, working together for your safety with host Stan Salat. Stan has the answers to your questions on protecting yourself and the safety of your loved ones, including your pets. Don't miss out. Now, here is Stan Salat. Hello and welcome to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is accreditation bodies can guard our safety. This is about the ANSI ASQ National Accreditation Body and how it plays an important role in ensuring the safety and quality of goods and services and in protecting the environment in the U.S. The board accredits, accredits rather uh, testing and uh, calibration labs. It also does inspection and certification bodies accreditation reference material producers, and proficiency test providers. You won't want to miss uh, to be, you wouldn't want to miss being treated by a doctor who isn't board certified in her specialty or send your child to a college that isn't accredited, would you? Like those accrediting bodies, the ANSI ASQ National Accreditation Board conducts audits to make Sure, industry follow international standards and are com- competent to do their work. This week, my guest is Randy Doherty, Vice President ANAB for the ANSI ASQ National Accreditation Board. We'll be discussing ways accreditation and certification bodies can help uh, support industry safety uh, to safeguard rather consumers. Our show today is sponsored by Business and Quality Process Management, LLC, which provides business process and quality management consulting, training, and software tools. The principles of BQPM led the development and implementation of the International Hazardous Substance Process Management Certification Program used by more than 4,500 manufacturers to demonstrate their compliance to the European Union's restriction of hazardous substance laws and the International Counterfeit Avoidance Certification Program. To learn more about the work that BQPM does and how they can help your company, visit their website at www.bqpm.com. We're also sponsored by Secure Components, LLC, the independent uh, distributor specializing in obsolete and hard-to-find components. Secure Components is the first company in the world to achieve international certification for their counterfeit detection and mitigation process controls. 
Their IECQ-CAP uh, certification was achieved in accordance with the SAE 60AS 6081 standard. When you need to find hard, uh, find high-quality, obsolete, or hard-to-find components, you want secure components on your team. To learn more about secure components, you can uh, do that by going to their website at www.securecomponents.com. I'm very pleased today to have with me on the show Randy Doherty. Uh, as I said, Randy is the Vice President of ANAB. Um, that's the ANSI ASQ National Accreditation Board located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I happen to be up here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin with Randy. So let me start by uh, introducing Randy and uh, say hello, Randy. Hi, Stan. Thanks for uh, inviting me to be on your show. It's a pleasure having you with us today, Randy, and I'm sure we're going to have a great time helping the audience understand the importance of accreditation of uh, certainly our CBs, and as well, I understand that, uh, or I should say, I'd like to make sure that our audience understands the importance of accrediting both laboratories and certification bodies and, and all the other things that go with that. Uh, perhaps to get started, if you would, take a few minutes uh, and, and kind of help the audience understand what accreditation, certification, all, all those good words mean. What, what are we talking about here, really? All right. Well, let me begin at the beginning. <laughs> okay. Which is, as consumers, uh, we expect products and services that we buy to be safe and for those to perform as we expect. Now, often the, the requirements for the products or services are specified in standards. Conformity assessment is the pro process of confirming that the product or service, in fact, conforms to the requirements of the standard. It can be a first-party conformity assessment, which is basically an assessment by the manufacturer. It could be a second-party assessment, which is an assessment by the purchaser, and this is also often called supplier audits. And then it can also be by a third party, which is a body that is independent of the manufacturer or the purchaser. Now, conformity assessment can be an inspection, a test, or it can be certification. And there are inspection bodies, laboratories, and certification bodies that undertake these conformity assessment activities. There are also international standards that specify the requirements that these conformity assessment bodies have to conform to. My body, which is an accreditation body, assess the conformity assessment bodies and basically confirm that they first meet the international standards, and second, that they are competent for whatever activity they're undertaking and that they're doing so impartially. In other words, when they make their decision on whether the uh, product conforms or doesn't conform, they're making that decision based on their assessment results and not just because somebody's paying them to, to make that statement. 
So our role as an accreditation body is is really to confirm that the conformity assessment bodies are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And and the the bottom line is to give confidence to the, to you the consumer that you can trust that test report or you can trust that certification and therefore have confidence the product or service is, is doing what it's supposed to do. So uh, tell me, Randy, you know, we've, we've heard a lot uh, in industry particularly that uh, about the, um, the organizations that say that, you know, they do all that testing and there's a certain amount of why do I need to spend that additional money as a manufacturer Accreditation, certification, that whole activity is obviously an expense. Um, and I know from experience that some would say, well, I can trust my manufacturer. Uh, I've dealt with them for some number of years maybe and, and I, you know, I trust them. Um, accreditation sounds like another process. Is this done just in the U.S.? Is this something that's done internationally? Uh, how, does, how do we know really that things are working as they should be when, we, when we're looking at that first party, as you called it? I'm okay. telling you I'm okay. All right. Well, uh, in truth, it is really the only manu- it really is only the manufacturer that can guarantee that product or service. But unfortunately, we're all too familiar with instances where the manufacturer didn't deliver the product or service in the way that they said they were going to. And that's really where there's a role for third-party certification or official regulation. Uh, In other words, sometimes people don't necessarily trust the manufacturer, and they want that uh, evidence provided by a third party that doesn't gain specifically uh, anything from making a decision that's for or against the conformance of the product. They're there on behalf of the consumer to make an independent decision about whether the product conforms or doesn't conform. Uh, Unfortunately, there's a, a bit of human nature and the competitive of pressures of things will cause people to claim that they have a product that meets certain requirements when, in fact, it may not meet those requirements because they're taking shortcuts in the manufacturing process or using substandard materials to reduce costs. Uh, so that's, that's where third-party certification comes in, is it, it, it provides conf- uh, uh, evidence that, in fact, the product or service is as it was represented to be. So in in that regard, specifically talking about the third party, now, in reality, the ANAB is is not really a third party per se, and it's not a fourth party. It's it's a national organization that assesses what the industry calls that third party to ensure that they're doing their job right, which is what uh, is the organization that actually goes to the manufacturer. So I've got that, that right. That, that's right. That's right. A certification body is the third-party organization that's actually going to assess the product or service. 
So A and B looks at uh, for the dis- for the sake of discussion. I'm familiar with DNV is is Detnorsky Veritas is one of those third party certification bodies. Underwriters Laboratories uh, is another one of those that does that kind of work. So that's the kind of companies we're talking about. Yes, in fact, both of those organizations are certification bodies that uh, ANAB has accredited. Okay. So they're the ones that physically go out to the company and based on rules, regulations, specifications, uh, and business practices that have been put in place. They're the ones that are looking at those practices to verify that the company is doing what it says. That's correct. And, and, and they issue a certification. Now, if it's a product certification, there'll be a mark on the product that indicates that was certified. Uh, in fact, people are very people probably in the U.S. are very familiar with having the UL mark on electrical components. And that, that UL mark then tells us that the product has been verified to be safe uh, both for electrical and safety, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, fire, it, fire safety. Yes, assuming that's what it's certified to, the standard that it's certified to. Okay. That's correct. And in the broader sense, this could actually also apply in a general sense. It could apply to um, uh, apparel that is being tested for some reason, either the content of uh, coloring or flame retardancy. Uh, that also is part of the safety that we're talking about. Correct. Uh, uh, wherever there's a, a standard or requirements that govern how a product or service is supposed to be, uh, there could be conformity assessment to confirm that, in fact, the product or service meets those requirements. Now, with that in mind, uh, as part of our introduction, we talked about the testing and the uh, calibration labs. Is that actually part of ANAB, or how to, is, is it the same thing, or is it something a little bit different? Uh, the, it's essentially the same thing. The testing laboratories, the calibration laboratories are considered conformity assessment bodies as are the certification bodies. And in fact, many times these different forms of conformity assessment are all being applied um, in a series or sequence to, to deliver something. So for example, a product certification body may actually pull a sample and undertake testing, and they may also do factory inspection to confirm that what they tested is, in fact, what's being made on the shop floor. Okay. And is it the same people that do all of this from a, a, an accreditation uh, looking, the accreditation body looking at the certification body, or are there different people? Uh, do I... They have any criteria that I need to meet if I'm assessing a, a certification body uh, that's doing process a certification or a certification body doing laboratory testing? Uh, in most instances, it's going to be different people doing these different activities because as an accreditation body, my staff have to be competent for the specific activity they're looking at. So, for example, if I'm trying to confirm that uh, a flame retardant test is being performed properly, 
I have to be knowledgeable and competent in doing flame retardant testing so that I'm qualified to judge that the, cert- that, that the testing laboratory is undertaking the test properly. It's a different activity if I'm looking at whether they conform to a quality management system or the HSPM requirements uh, for hazardous process management. So it's, it's very unlikely that you're going to find that broad expertise in a single individual. So it usually are, are different competent individuals that are undertaking these different conformity assessment activities. Okay. So let me let me try one more question along that same line then. Um, as as a consumer, I'm looking at buying furniture for my house, I'm looking at buying computers, I'm looking at buying washers and dryers. Uh, I buy cars. Uh, the list goes on. Um, does the accreditation process actually address this in all those various categories of business, or is it limited to just a few? We provide accreditation where there's, in fact, some kind of market demand uh, for accreditation of conformity assessment bodies in that area. Uh, so if it's and wherever there are usually safety or, or 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 public health concerns there's more likely to be demand for some kind of verification of the conformance or nonconformance uh so this is one reason why the the three levels of conformity assessment exist in in many instances uh it's not a uh a life-or-death matter for, for some kinds of products, so there's not a demand for having a third-party certification, which, as you said, is going to add cost to that product or service. So people are comfortable relying on the manufacturer to deliver what they said they were going to deliver. But as we move into areas where there can be something affecting the health and safety of people, that's where there's more likely to be demand for a third-party certification and uh, above and beyond that for accreditation of the conformity assessment body. Excellent, excellent bit of knowledge here, Randy. We need to uh, take a short break for radio station identification. Uh, Stay with us. We'll be right back, and I'm going to ask a couple of more um, telling questions of Randy and the accreditation system. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Secure Components is proud to be the first independent distributor certified to the Department of Defense adopted AS6081 counterfeit avoidance standard. Our clients view us as partners in counterfeit avoidance because we share our source of supply. We have earned their trust to procure electronic and mechanical components specifically when their requirements are obsolete or unavailable from authorized sources. Visit securecomponents.com today to learn why the largest aerospace defense and technology companies in the world partner with Secure Components. 
Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Streaming live, the leader in Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. This is People to People, working together for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to Stan at stansalot.com. Again, that's Stan at stansalot.com. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is accreditation bodies and how they can help guard our safety. My guest is Randy Doherty. I can get that right before he reaches over and smacks me here. Uh, <laughs> Randy is vice president with the American National. Uh, no, it's the. Help me out, Randy. I'm going to get it wrong again. ANSI ASQ. ANSI ASQ National Accreditation Body. I keep wanting to call you the American, the American <laughs> National Accreditation Body. Um, sorry about that. I, I, I'm just testing you to see if you know if you really know who you are. <laughs> okay, we've been talking about the accreditation of certification bodies um, and laboratories that actually visit the manufacturers and to verify that they're following the rules, the regulations, the standards that are set up for them. And before the break, uh, we were Randy was explaining that to us, and it kind of brings up another question, and that is, how does the um, ANSI ASQ National Accreditation Board differ from, say, the uh, Food and Drug Administration, the FDA? Is are they the same? Um, how how do they differ, and what? How does the uh, system work to? work together. I assume there is some synergy there. Oh, thanks, Stan, for that question. Uh, governments all around the world uh, undertake uh, regulatory activities, and this is usually at the demand of the public. Um, so, for example, when it comes to food safety, uh, the, the 
Consumers here in the U.S. expect the Food and Drug Administration and the U.S. Department of Agriculture to regulate food production and, and make sure that the products that they buy, the food products they buy, are safe. Uh, same for medical devices. FDA is charged with confirming that medical devices are safe. So that's usually uh, that public sector activity is something that is that is demanded by consumers. But that's not always something that is without a cost, and and that's where our tax dollars frequently go is to supporting the activities of these regulatory agencies. Uh, the place where third-party certification can fit with official regulation, because there are always, always are budgetary constraints on regulatory bodies, is the, the lower-risk products could potentially be looked at by third-party certifiers uh, and, and leave those resource dollars with the government agencies focused on the higher-risk products. And then another activity where third-party certification can play a role is in the international uh, trade of goods and services. Because government agencies usually have a hard time crossing national boundaries. You, you know, U.S. bodies frequently find it difficult to be doing inspections in uh, another country like China or Malaysia uh, or Argent Argentina. So, but private sector third-party bodies usually don't run into the same kind of constraints. So it's another place where third-party certification can work in conjunction with official agencies to provide oversight of the full range of products and do so internationally in a, in a cost-effective way. So does this mean that um, if uh, ANAB is, has a third-party certification body, and let's pick on either UL or DNV for the sake of discussion, or SGS. Uh, these are all international certification bodies. They do a combination of testing as well as uh, process management, quality management uh, certifications that you actually participate in overseeing their performance, accrediting them in the U.S. as well as, for instance, China? Yes. Yes. Uh, in fact, uh, another, ex uh, I guess, example of this partnership between the private sector and public sector is as FDA is trying to implement the new uh, food safe, uh, food, uh, uh, FISMA, the, the, the Food Inspection and, and Modernization Act, uh, FDA does not have the resources to do all of the inspections for all the foodstuffs that are coming into the U.S. from other countries. Uh, so as they're now busy writing the regulations for how they're going to implement uh, that new legislation, they're exploring how they can use uh, testing laboratories and uh, certification bodies for undertaking these activities. And, and what they're currently proposing is that testing be conducted by laboratories that are accredited by 
accreditation bodies that are members of the International Laboratory Accreditation Cooperation, and that the products be certified by uh, certification bodies that are accredited by members of the International Accreditation Forum. So that, uh, and, and IF and ILAC are global organizations that oversee the accreditation bodies uh, to provide uh, equivalents of, of recognition of conformity assessment that's undertaken in different activities. So as an accreditation body, uh, if we have a, a, a company that's, that's certified for ISO 9000 in China, and that certification body is accredited by CNAS, which is the national accreditation body in China, my body, ANAB in the U.S., would consider that, ISO, that accredited ISO 9000 certificate equivalent to what would be an ISO 9000 certificate issued by a certification body that we accredited. So by, operate, by IF and ILAC operating their mutual recognition arrangements, it's possible for a product to be tested or certified once and accepted and recognized anywhere else in the world. That actually then, in contradiction to what some might say, that actually helps control cost, or it sounds like it helps control cost, as well as it moves the burden, if I understand what you were saying about the federal, the FDA, the Federal Drug Administration, Federal Drug, Food and Drug Administration rather, it actually moves the cost burden out of government and into industry then. Yes, because in the private sector certification, it's the manufacturer that pays for that certification to get that UL mark or to get that SGS mark. Uh, and, and again, that's where the partnership between the public sector and the private sector can work together to to provide assurances to the public, but keep the cost uh, at, at, a, at a reasonable rate. And by this operating under the IAF and ILAC umbrella, uh, it can provide that single test or that single uh, certification uh, done locally by, a, by a, a local certification body under that local accreditation and and yet provide the level of assurance that would allow that product to be exported into the U.S. without the need for repeating the testing or repeating the certification. Before we get past it too far, uh, you're using two acronyms, and I'm often uh, challenged by the, the term of talking in acronym soup. Um, IAF and ILAC, uh, maybe you could share what the proper names of those are and, and their specific role. Okay, well, IAF is the International Accreditation Forum, and it's an international association of bodies like mine, uh, which is an accreditation body here in the U.S. Uh, and, and we meet on an ongoing basis uh, to make sure that each of us are operating at the same level. So that the conform that the bodies that we accredit are operating at equivalent level, so that that certification that they're doing is done the same, whether it's under that other certification body's name and accreditation, as it would be if it was in the U.S. The other body is 
the International Laboratory Accreditation Cooperation. And our two bodies, IAF and ILAC, actually meet together twice a year. Uh, and in fact, very often, uh, accreditation bodies belong to both IAF and ILAC. In fact, my body belongs to both IAF and ILAC. So we operate in both spheres. But ILAC focuses on uh, testing and calibration laboratories and then the support activities for that, which is proficiency testing providers and reference materials providers, which support the testing and calibration activities. My IAF, on the other hand, focuses on certification bodies. So it focuses on management system certification bodies, product certification bodies, and bodies that certify persons. Okay. With that said, and understanding the relationships, we, we look at some of the things that we've experienced coming out of uh, other countries, products that come out of those countries that are deemed after we've received them to, uh, to be harmful in some way whether it's a hazardous substance uh, or it's a safety issue. Is this a failure of the process or is this an individual failure of a manufacturer? Is there any way to, to really better understand when, when I as a consumer buy something that turns out to be harmful in some way, either safety, um, well, it would be safety and many different ways, uh, physical safety or other safety like a hazardous substance. Is it fair to just blame? And here's where I'm going with the question. Is it fair to just blame the accreditation and certification bodies? Or is there something else going on that might be important to know about this? Well, in some of the activities you're talking about, uh, and, and earlier on you, you had said, you know, why don't we just trust the manufacturer? Well, we can take toys as a case in point. We all probably remember several years ago when there were the concern about toys that were coming in from China and were found to be harmful uh, to children here in the U.S. What we found when we looked into this is that there was not a conformity assessment infrastructure that was into place. So there was no certification that was happening for those toys. As a consequence of what happened, there were standards that were written for the test or for the toys, and then the Consumer Product Safety Commission, working with uh, the standards developers and the conformity assessment community, put together uh, a conformity assessment regimen that would have those products tested before they would be shipped out of China. And... Uh, so the Consumer Product Safety Commission is one of those cases where they have the regulatory responsibility to ensure the safety of the toys, but they're using accredited uh, testing laboratories and accredited certification bodies to undertake that activity on their behalf. Now, what they do is they're setting up the requirements that they want the accreditation bodies and the testing laboratories and the certification bodies to meet, and then uh, relying on ILAC and IF to oversight uh, those 
accreditation bodies and conformity assessment bodies and make sure that they're doing what they want to do. So I would say in this case, the failure was establishing any requirements for the products. But once this issue surfaced, we, the, the industry quickly developed the standards and set up the conformity assessment infrastructure in conjunction with the regulatory body to prevent this from happening again. Okay. Um, <laughs> that really takes me down another road <laughs> that I'm not sure you're actually going to want to even touch. But it sounds to me like, one, obviously this, this is not, as I was trying to point out, this then became a situation that we were able or you were able, you being the, the accreditation body, certification body programs, were able to determine that it was actually something that wasn't in place. Uh, consequently, there was really no oversight going on to begin with. Correct. Okay. So that, that's where we were just relying on the manufacturers right. by themselves. Uh, trust me. I yeah. think is the term used. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, which brings me to a question which I'll ask. We'll get started on, then we have to take a break, but I, I'm sure this will help uh, help give you some time to think more after I ask the question and we come back from the break. As you know, my radio show and everything we're doing, and there's a lot of folks out there that are doing uh, similar type things in the toxin-free environment, in the safe product environment, uh, promoting green products, to say, to say it in a couple of words, this whole green movement, if you will, um, which I sometimes have a problem with because a lot of people think green is, is about recycling only or it's about low power or power consumption being reduced. So my question really comes down this way. We have, we being people to people have been promoting uh, hazardous substance free mark alliance. We've been promoting something called the counterfeit, counterfeit avoidance mark alliance. When we come back from the break, I'd, I'd like to explore with you the importance, if you will, of consumers um, potentially demanding a, a mark like the HSF mark or the CAMA, the counterfeit avoidance mark, actually going to the retail industry, going to where they buy products and actually looking for these marks. If products have the mark, that would indicate that it's been evaluated, that there's a system in place to assure compliance to uh, standards, um, regula regulation standards, specifications. So I'd like to get your opinion of that to the best that you can without getting yourself in trouble. Uh, we'll talk a bit about more of, that, more of that after the break. This is Stan Salant, people to people, working together for your safety. My guest, Randy Doherty, uh, with the um, ASQ ANSI a National Accreditation Body. We'll be right back. Be sure to stay with us. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. 
Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety. Secure Components is proud to be the first independent distributor certified to the Department of Defense adopted AS6081 Counterfeit Avoidance Standard. Our clients view us as partners in counterfeit avoidance because we share our source of supply. We have earned their trust to procure electronic and mechanical components specifically when their requirements are obsolete or unavailable from authorized sources. Visit SecureComponents.com today to learn why the largest aerospace defense and technology companies in the world partner with Secure Components. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. This is People to People, working together for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to Stan at StanSalat.com. Again, that's Stan at StanSalat.com. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is accreditation bodies and how they can help guard our safety or how they do help guard our safety. My guest, Randy Doherty, with the ANSI ASQ National Accreditation Board an organization that ensures that the certification bodies that perform assessments on manufacturing facilities and service providers and a number of things are operating in accordance with uh, both national and international requirements. And those could be regulations, uh, specifications, um, industry standards, uh, those types of things. Before the break, I was uh, attempting to put Randy on a spot and see how well he could squirm out from underneath it. <laughs> and by gosh, he's still with us, so I'm, I'm pleased to know that I didn't put him on too bad of a spot. Um, Randy, when, just before the break, I, I was going down a path of uh, talking about the hazardous substance free mark, the counterfeit avoidance mark alliances, which, as you know, are things that I'm promoting. They're, they're part of the improvement process that we're trying to build. We're really trying to get consumers to look for um, a very clear indication from a manufacturer that they're compliant with, that they actually have addressed the either the hazardous substance or the counterfeit uh, avoidance uh, programs that are put in place, regulations, specifications, requirements. So with that in mind, um, as you were explaining the circumstances with the toys, 
uh, indicating that there really isn't, or at that time, there wasn't actually a requirement. So while they were not what they should be, it was in part because there wasn't anything to hold the manufacturer to. It was a right. trust me. So my question really is uh, how you see, um, as best you can address this, the importance of consumers demanding. I mean, what happens to certification bodies, accreditation bodies, if, as we're trying to do, we really get consumers to say, look, I, w I want to know that this product is safe or I want to know that it's hazardous substance-free. I really don't want to buy something that could have lead poisoning uh, in it that my, my newborn is teething on for the sake of uh, one of the real, real issues in life. Um, can what uh, ANAB does and what DNV and UL can they embrace that and, and does that work or um, what's your thoughts on that? Well, for, <laughs> have I dug a big hole? <laughs> for for, for uh, there there is no more powerful force than consumer demand. Uh, no matter how good program that we put together in conjunction with certification bodies is and how good we think it is for everybody, if consumers are not aware of it and demand it, then there's going to be a reluctance by the manufacturers to pay for any kind of certification. So I can't underestimate the power of public demand. And you take large uh, uh, mercantile firms like Walmart, Kmart, uh, and those kind of organizations, they're extremely motivated by what the purchasing public says when they come into their stores. So if as a consumer you want an electronic component that is free of hazardous substances, and the only way you can know that you're going to have that is by an HSF mark being on that product. If that's what the consumer is telling the people at Walmart or Kmart that they want, Walmart and Kmart will go to their suppliers and say, we want you to be certified so that your products can bear that HSF mark or that CAMA mark. Uh, I was very excited as I've watched the development of the HSF mark. Uh, in fact, I was excited when we first got into certification of uh, electronics manufacturers for hazardous substance process management. And my excitement is because we are already accrediting uh, certification bodies that are certifying to two other standards here in the U.S. They're certifying companies that do responsible recycling, uh, and they're certifying companies that are doing what they call e-stewards. Both of these certification programs are for taking electronic waste products and setting up requirements for how those products can be safely recycled or safely dismantled and disposed of so that it protects the workers that are dismantling that product 
that is protecting uh, the environment by not having those hazardous substances be disposed of in, in landfills and, and polluting the water supplies. But what was but they're dealing with something that already exists out there as a problem. You know, it wasn't a problem. We didn't know it was a problem when they started using those substances and electronic components years ago. And a lot of these materials like lead work very efficiently in electronic components. But we didn't always know that lead was a hazardous substance. Now that we know it's a hazardous substance, we've had to find alternatives. And sometimes those alternatives are not as good as the original products, but we still know that we need to modify the products to get the lead out because uh, we need to protect our environment and we need to protect our children. But that's dealing with the product problem that already exists. The exciting thing about uh, the, the Hazardous Substance Process Management Program, the HSPM program, is it's going to the manufacturer during the design and manufacturing phase and setting up requirements for them to keep those hazardous substances out of the products in the first place. So that's a very holistic approach. So instead of just dealing with the, the hazardous substances already being out there in the products, they're preventing those substances from being put out there in the first place. And the HSF mark creates a very visible mechanism for consumers to know that they're buying a product that has been made by a company that is certified for HSPM. So they can have confidence that they're buying a product that's not adding to this waste problem. They're buying a product that's not going to be a problem. So that's a pretty exciting proposition. And within the rules of accreditation, uh, when we look at the way you approach uh, the industry that you work with, there's nothing that actually creates a problem for this this industry of accreditation certification by going down this process. This this is really adding value, not adding um, actually adding cost. Uh, and I have knowledge that if it's done right the first time, it generally saves money. It's it does add cost to the manufacturing, but. If the company that makes that investment to prove that their products are safe so that they can, in fact, use that mark to say to the general public, our products are safe, there's a good chance that that company will be more successful than competitors that are not making the investment to provide that level of assurance. So, yes, there's an added cost to the manufacturer, but the value, if there's public demand, for those products to be safe and to bear that HSF uh, mark, then then that manufacturer will be successful, more successful than the competitors that are not doing the right thing and and getting those substances out of their product. One last one last specific question that comes to my mind, and um, we we've talked about the accreditation process a little bit. We've talked about the importance of certification and that. Does um, your organization ever get to the level of a manufacturing environment or do you simply visit certification bodies in their office, uh, their headquarters where they work? Now we watch the certification bodies at all phases of their operation. So yes, we'll go to their offices and look how they're 
managing their personnel, how they're training and qualifying their personnel and how they're scheduling the audits and managing all of that. But we also accompany the the personnel of that certification body when they're actually visiting the manufacturers and undertaking the testing and certification activities. So we watch what they're doing, where they're doing it. Outstanding. Um, Well, here we are once again. Our time is uh, rapidly passing by, and it seems to me like every time I start a show, I think, you, you know, I've got this whole hour of time, and before I know it, I'm standing here saying, Randy, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure talking with you. I uh, appreciate all the insights uh, that you've shared with our folks, uh, the audience, myself. Uh, But now it's time to wrap up. I want to thank you for being on the show, and hopefully I can talk you into coming back and uh, doing another session with me. Well, thank you, Stan. I enjoyed it. Okay. This is Stan Salat. Uh, your host of People to People Working Together for Your Safety. People to People Working Together for Your Safety is dedicated to bringing people together to share knowledge and create safer environments for us all. Our call to action is, in fact, to get the consumers, to get you and I reaching out to, uh, to our retail industry, to our manufacturers, reaching out, and if you will, requesting or demanding that uh, hazardous substance-free and counterfeit uh, detection and avoidance programs be put in place, that folks like Randy uh, in his organization, ANAB, and those folks in DNV, UL, uh, SGS, uh, the TUVs, the various certification bodies around the world are all actively working with manufacturers to ensure that what they say they do is what they're doing and we have the standards and certification programs in place uh, to assure us that safety. If you have questions, if you agree or disagree with the information we are sharing, send me an email with your comments or questions to stan at stansalot.com. You can also uh, reach me on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn on Twitter, which is uh, certainly becoming the more active way of communicating uh, in the social media. It's Stan Salat Jr. or Stan uh, Salat Jr. I'm up there and uh, certainly can be uh, communicated with that way. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Business and Quality Process Management. Uh, www.bqpm.com. They're the folks that help companies uh, undertake the certification program, ensuring that they're compliant with these requirements. Secure Components, LLC, independent distributor specializing in obsolete and hard-to-find components. Uh, They've been a longstanding sponsor as well. You can find them at www.securecomponents.com. We wouldn't be a show without the good folks at uh, Voice America, Brandy Jackson, General Manager, Robert Cellino, Executive Producer, Randy Jackman, Production Manager, uh, Jeffrey Gilst, our Director of Host Services, Brooke Ida, the Marketing and Social Media uh, Manager, Yulia Coach, Coach Branding and People to People Production Manager. This is Stan Salat. Thank you for joining me on People to People, Working Together for Your Safety. Remember, change only happens when people come together and work together. 
you're helping the fight against the proliferation of hazardous substances and counterfeit of consumer products could save a life. Until next week, I'm your host, Stan Salat, wishing you a safe and healthy life. Thank you for listening. Please join host Stan Salat for next week's edition of People to People, working together for your safety. We'll have another show next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a safe, toxic, and counterfeit-free week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 